17 minutes past 8 o'clock. You're listening to The Mail Run. It's a, it's a really, really special day. It's a very cool day. It feels big, doesn't it? Tim's text, lads, it was a rough night last night because I'm absolutely fizzing. I'm currently three coffees and five bets deep. Let's go. Well, Tim, what's your best? I'm, I'm structuring my coffee intake. I have one today. I'm going to have another one about 12, and then I reckon I'll go one at four. And does an espresso martini come into that? What time? No, you know what? I hate espresso martinis because, well, don't get me started on espresso martinis and growing right. ass men. When yep. I see growing men drink espresso martinis, I'm like, you do realise that you're a man. Paul Wilcox, you can be uh, as well as one of the most important figures involved in the history of racing as far as today goes. Uh, also the judicator here, espresso martini, martini for, yay for, or nay? Paul, for men, for no. men over 30, yay or nay? Yay or nay? Nay. No. no. Oh, yes! <laughs> no, man! Oh. I, I had this conversation with Rodney Schick. I said, grown ass men drink real martinis, <laughs> and I won't say who drinks espresso martinis, but put it this way, it wasn't grown ass men. Okay, all right. Well, this is that's quite insulting, actually, Paul, after <laughs> I said that you were better looking than Bon Jovi and Mick disagreed. Hey. How, how are you, P-Dub? How are you feeling? Yeah, very good. Uh, looking forward to today, and, uh, yeah, hopefully it uh, goes really well, and we have uh, a beautiful six-card of good winners and and everyone's happy, mate. Do you remember that day back in May, that Friday morning? It was raining, and you, me, and Ben had our high vis vests on, and you and I were just standing looking at the stand. And today felt like about ten years away. Oh yeah, I've got a few more hairs and lost a bit of weight, but uh, I do remember I was listening to you before talking about it, and it uh, brought back some. Uh, Terrible memories, but uh, here we are today, and and we're happy and looking forward to a good day. Right, twelve thousand people uh, are going to rock up there today. Is Ellerslie ready for twelve thousand people? Because if, by Auckland standards, it's a hell of a lot of people, and it's not like a rugby game where it's hey, sit down and watch the footy. You've got to feed them, you've got to drink them, you've got to let them bet. It's a big old job. Hundred percent, we're ready and uh, looking forward to it. And look. You know, we've done all the work. We've, uh, if anyone turned up to the track, I think the the biggest thing for me when I knew I was ready was Glenn Boss and and Damien Oliver and Brownie were were over and been doing some stuff for their TV show, and he stood there, bossy, and Ollie was right next to him, and they said, "You could either be at Ramwick or Flemington right now," and I went, "Yep, we're ready." So. That's okay. Well, that's really interesting to hear, and and quite an amazing sentiment, Paul. Because those guys know a squillion, literally a squillion times more than me about racetracks. But when I was there a couple of Sundays back, I was standing up on the top deck in the members, and I was looking down at it, and I was watching them bounce off it and fly along it, and I just thought it kind of like in a nice way, it looks Australian, like it looks premier Metro Australian. It, it just didn't look like anything. It almost wasn't resonating in my head that I was standing in Auckland in New Zealand. And I know it's a strange statement, but it really has that professional slick that we just haven't had you here yet ever. Yeah. Well, yesterday, as I mentioned, we're doing filming with probably arguably some of the greatest jockeys and, no disrespect to Opie and Nabber and Warren Kennedy, Grilsey and all the rest. My and and we've got the Aussie jockeys coming over. My my biggest moment's going to be between race one and two, and D Oliver and G Boss hop on their horses, Mufasa and Bostonian, and they go for a rip. I reckon that's going to be that's going to be my my moment in the sun where where you've got those legends of the sport. That's that's going to be pretty cool. And do you know what? I, I actually bumped into them last night, Paul, and um, 
between us and those who may or may not be listening, I think Ollie's a bit nervous. <laughs> and boss, yeah. bo- boss, he's I, trying to get into him and say, I heard, I heard the Bostonians absolutely bolting. He looks good. He looks <laughs> like he wants to race again. Move faster, docile. But Bostonian, you wouldn't want it. And boss, I think he might be a bit anxious, Paul. I reckon the Bostonian could go out there and put a few horses to shame today if he uh, <laughs> if he was given a chance out of the barriers. But he looks brilliant. I think Bossy's pulled the right rein and and jumping on Muffy because Muffy's a little bit laid back. Um. Once we get there today, once it all starts to happen, I'd like everybody, you want to have a bet. What do you like today? Is there one or two you like? Oh, look, it, it's easy to sit here now and say Legato, Crochetti, Molly Bloom, but uh, I'm going a little bit wider and, and also I need to catch up a little bit in our internal punk club at work. So I'm going Dazzled. There you go. Dazzled and then also Merchant Queen. There you go. I've got to catch up. Inter- so going white, going long. Interesting story in the Herald this morning. Never saying, uh, I'm not going to hand to Crochetti. He said, I'm going to stay in front of Merchant Queen if they instruct me to. Make, That's really interesting, particularly for taking it on a 30, Crochetti. Ma- ma- makes sense to me. I, I don't see why you would. Um, and I guess on the subject of punting, Paul, uh, it's a special day for you. But one thing I have noticed over the last couple of days is it's so, so rewarding. I'm very proud. And it is emotional, again, there's that word. For Luke and Ben and BGP, they are just finally getting the respect that they've always deserved. And I know that it will mean a hell of a lot to you because not a lot of people believed in those boys when they were just lunatic punters. And they have polished up a little bit. But honestly, you've played a massive part in that. So it must be extremely rewarding. And um, I know you and Luke will have a moment later on where you'll, you'll probably give each other a big hug. And it's it's pretty cool. So you deserve a bit of credit there as well, Peter. Yeah, I, look, I mean, I, I remember you go back... Uh, Oh, it's almost seven years when I first started, and it was uh, Ben Masters and Luke Kimmies came came wandering in, and and there was there was some some loose language, and and I'm known to to not mind my p's and q's, and and I just thought, man, these guys are these are the ones that we need to hand over uh, the the industry to, and in, in years to come, and and back them a hundred percent because they were doing something a little bit different, and. And I realise they can talk to an audience in a way that we can't, right? You've you've got to keep a, a certain level of corporate uh, responsibility and, and back them 100%. They've become good mates, as as you and Michael have as well. And and for me, it's just a, it's a simple thing, right? So they're talking to an audience we can't. That audience actually wants to believe in the people and what they're saying. They believe in what Luke and, and the rest of the BGP team do. And and look what's happened. We've got a an awesome day, and now we've got the Aussies knocking on the door to try and uh, tap into BGP to get them over to there, which is which is awesome for our industry. Well, I think it touches on a really important thing: is everybody has different roles in this. Like we're doing a radio show right, right now, listening to this radio show of people who drive trucks, and they're going to get all the horses there without the truck drivers. We're not going to have the race meeting, and there's a whole lot of handlers and strappers. Then you go through everybody who works there. There's a lot of young kids who go to university, at some of them at high school, and they're going to work in hospital today. And when you put all those pieces together, mm. and when you're inside the machine. And you walk around, there are so many people who are part of this. BGP are, are a huge part of it, but they couldn't do it without everybody else. That I always call it the ecosystem. And that, and on, on this day, they matter so much and they add so much more to it. Whereas next week at Matamata or wherever we're going next week, they won't be there 
there, but they'll still be behind the scenes bidding because that community will still be there. And so will those truck drivers and so will those handlers and so will those people who work behind the bar. And that ecosystem's really cool. And I think Ellerslie and BGP are growing out the ecosystem and that brings more people in. I remember talking to you about our first podcast three or four years ago. I said, that's the important stuff. The ecosystem, because no part of this works without the other pieces. Yeah, no, well said, Mick. Oh. The scary thing is, it might be more like five or six years ago. Paul, yes? No, no, I, I look, I 100% Michael, and, and I think what you're seeing now is you're seeing the racing industry ecosystem finally drop all its bullshit, finally drop all its parochialism, and they've actually come together as one. And that's right from the, the New Zealand TAB to entain to the whole industry. New Zealand bloodstock, trainers, owners, racecourses, everyone's actually finally gone, oh, this is it, and and look at the positive results that's happening. Paulie, one thing I was interested in is there's going to be 12,000 people there. Half them aren't going to want to leave, probably more. The after party is <laughs> going to be really big. It is awfully hard for you to balance having enough staff and the economic scales of return. If there's been one criticism in the past, it's bloody hard to get a beer, not just at LSE, but anywhere where there's an after party because there's so many people and it gets a little bit disorganised. How do you make that process quicker um, so you can keep people involved and not have them head to town? I know that's a long-winded question, but it's something which I think means a lot to people because people hate standing waiting for a beer for more than five minutes. Yeah, look, that's that's one of the challenges you have when you have a crowd, right? So we we know that. We've identified that. So we've got multiple bars open. People, the fences will allow people to spill out into the birdcage as well. So remove that congestion of just being all rammed into Cuvée, which will give a better experience for those people. But also you've got to remember that we have to, we have to work with the police and the liquor licensing. They're the ones that bring it down to one beer to per person right so it's not us doing that that's them controlling controlling the crowds and the liquor intake so as long as people realize that when they're coming up where they're able to get two or three drinks at once and it goes down to one that's not us doing it but we've got we've got plans in place to allow a more seamless uh, experience or or people being able to access what they want but uh, they also have to understand that we're probably going to have close to Six or seven thousand people that are going to be dipping out to to the after party, and and you know with that comes some challenges. So um, we'll do our best, and and we know we've got the people, we know we've got the processes in place. Uh, it'll be what it'll be. Yep, well said, Paul. Hey, good luck. Uh, you've got a big day ahead. Um, go get some rest. I'm sure you're probably actually at the track already. I don't know, but good luck, mate. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see you very very soon when we get down there as well. And I'll be ready with the cuddles, Louis. <laughs> Paulie, Paulie, can we just get some tickets? I've got a couple of mates who don't have tickets. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny story, right? Here we go. Have you got time? Yeah, of course. Uh, short, for you, we do. It's, Sam, it's wait patiently. Like okay, so we've just branded up uh, the work cars, and uh, one of our team members, was he lives out uh, South Auckland, and he was driving along the motorway at 2.5 kilometres an hour yesterday, and he said there was this guy yelling at him, and he thought, oh, I know what's happened. So he put down his window and he goes, I need to get a ticket for Saturday. 
The desperation stakes <laughs> in full effect. Full, great, great anecdote. That's wonderful. Paul Wilcox, he's the CEO of Alice, Auckland Thoroughbred Racing. He's done a massive job. Uh, 